everyone. Uh, thank you all for coming to But Why The Reviews. Let's talk Moon Knight. Uh, I am Kate Sanchez, Editor-in-Chief and Co-Founder and Filmhead over at But Why Though, and I am joined here today by Suara. Hello, everyone. How's it going? He is a writer and podcaster um, and probably like one of the two biggest Spider-Man fans that I know he podcasts with the other biggest Spider-Man fan that I know. <laughs> and then uh, we are here with uh, Aaron. <laughs> Hello. He is one of the contributing writers over But Why Though? And I will say, Sora. You are also a part of the But Why Though family, um, but you can find all of Suarez's recent work over at Nerds of Color as well. Uh, so, y'all, Moon Knight. <laughs> he, oh, yes. It is what we're here to talk about today. It finally wrapped. Um, we're going to start with our uh, kind of the lead up to Moon Knight. Like, what were you all expecting? What were your hopes? Some of your fears, maybe? Uh, let's start there, and uh, we'll hit it over to Suara. Oh, me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no so pressure, bud. When Moon... <laughs> so, I had known about Moon Knight before as a sort of C-list Marvel character. I had never really read any of his comics. I just knew the general concept that this was a Jewish American man who got his powers from the Egyptian god Khonshu and was his servant and was, you know, the sort of quote unquote crazy or person who was dealing with mental health issues that uh, was also somehow Marvel's Batman. I had like very little idea of Moon Knight. I had heard so many things about him. Uh, when they first announced the series, I, um, didn't really think much about it, to be quite honest, but it was actually the announcement of Egyptian director Mohamed Diab, uh, who would be the head director for the series, that had me really excited. I was like, oh my God, the first time a Middle Eastern, or as we're saying more often, Swana person such as myself, um, is a lead creator in a big superhero property. And my excitement level went way up. And I am glad to say that uh, overall, I was not disappointed. I really love this series, which we will discuss more of. <laughs> um, and you, Aaron? Um, so I was kind of in the same boat as Suara. Um, I didn't know an awful lot. The one uh, comic I got sucked into was more uh, from the author than anything, which was uh, the Jeff, La, uh, Jeff Lemire run on Moonlight. I started reading it. I was blown away and again it's it's kind of it, it approaches um the story in the same way kind of like the show does and it kind of doesn't give you that uh generic origin story and everything like that and i was reading through i was like oh my god this is it shot up as one of my like top five like favorite comics it's just so so good so then when i heard they were doing the show i was like oh man there's so much potential with this like and then hearing about oscar isaac and i, I just love him especially from like roles that he's not probably as popularly known like um ex machina like he's so so good in that and i was like he could do so much with this role and it, yeah it just my for that for me that's when i was just like okay I, i'm excited to see what you know comes of this 
Yeah, I'm much in the same boat. Um, well, I am more in the Suara boat for knowing about the character. I knew he existed. I knew all the hilarious panels that, like, yo, Dracula's, where my, where's my money? Like, I knew all of those things. So I knew the humor yeah. of the character. And I knew that he was, like, a hybrid between Deadpool and Batman. And that was kind of where he was. Um, and then Oscar Isaac got attached. And if anybody in the chat here knows me, they know that I love Oscar Isaac. Uh, so I was immediately excited for him to get into another comic book franchise and not look like Ivan Ooze. So I was very <laughs> excited on that piece. Um, also, just the overall involvement of Egyptian mythology, um, that's something that I was really excited about. Not many people know, but my first major, because I went through a few of them when I got into college, was classical mythology, with, and I focused on Egyptology and stuff. So, like, my brain was so happy. Um, and I like, I like what we got a lot, which now that we've kind of given people our intros to us and Moon Knight, I want to let everybody in chat know this first 20-ish minutes will be spoiler-free. We'll be doing a kind of general review of how we think the series went, ways it could improve, things that we loved. And then after that, we're going to be jumping directly into a deep dive into everything Moon Knight. So that's where spoiler territory will happen. We will do a small little break so you can... Uh, Exit the chat if you want to, or if you want all the good juicy spoilers, you can come back at that time. Uh, but we hope you stay here the whole time, because that would be dope. Uh, so to start off, um, Moon Knight is six episodes. We follow Stephen Grant, a mild manner uh, museum attendant. Uh, it, that's kind of generous. He's like a gift shop employee. Uh, <laughs> and he has a, a tumultuous relationship with sleep as you will if you could say that he sleeps he dreams and he sometimes wakes up in a completely different place we don't really see a lot of what's going on until it's revealed that he actually has a dissociative identity disorder and Stephen Grant is only one part of the character that we follow the other part is Mark Spector who is a seasoned mercenary and also the avatar of Konchu uh, which is where we get Moon Knight pulled into the mix. The entire focus is them fighting a very, very, very creepy Ethan Hawke as uh, oh, Harlow, I almost forgot his name, who's pretty much a cult leader looking to resurrect the Egyptian god Amit. And it's like minority report, but Egyptian mythology, if you think about it. Amit likes to stop people before they even commit the evil, whereas Konshu likes to punish people for the evil that they commit. See, that, that's, that, that, that's the synopsis. Um, <laughs> so first off, I want to talk a little bit about Oscar Isaac's characterization of two characters. Uh, what were things y'all loved about it? Anything you all didn't like about it? Uh, we can start with Aaron this time. So uh, I feel like I'm a voice enough to be able to say, I really like this English accent of Stephen Grant. I <laughs> love this Stephen Grant. Um, and I think a lot of people were kind of like really bugging out a little bit at first because, you know, through some of the trailers, they'd hear his accent and like, oh, what's that supposed to be? How you're supposed to be English. And I'm like, you know, obviously, as you, you've already mentioned, it's a dissociative identity disorder. He's not actually English. And, you know, I think that worked, his adaptation for it worked well enough that it, it's bad, but it, it's kind of good. 
And I just loved it. And his mannerisms and, and just kind of how he switches between between the roles in general were just... It, it was a real interesting character study between the two. And I'm, I'm sure Oscar Isaac loved having to take on, you know, those two roles at once. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was really uh, blown away. And again, I, I love Stephen Grant as well. Like, he's just... So soft and nurturing, but as the show grows, like he, he you know, he, he becomes a really awesome part of the, yeah, the story. So yeah, I was loved it. And you swear. So Oscar Isaac only signed on for one season of this. He didn't want to become part of the quote unquote Marvel machine, at least not yet. It was sort of like this first season was a test for him. And you could tell that he was having the time of his life in not just one role, but two or even more as we may discuss. And he just put everything, every inch of his like acting ability into Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant slash Moon Knight. And what I love so much about it consistently throughout the series is that this is a man who is at war with himself. He is carrying so much trauma, so much um, anxiety, so much pain that simply exudes out of Oscar's performance in almost every scene that he's in. And you're just drawn to him. You're just you want to root for him, every aspect of his personalities. And even though you may not <clears throat> completely understand everything that's going on, you're just compelled to go on this journey with him. And I think that's especially with Stephen Grant. We can argue that this is Stephen Grant's origin story, yeah. like throughout this series. We've already had Mark Spector's, but now it's for this new personality to really come into his own as like this new facet of Moon Knight. And I think like Oscar's performance throughout was mesmerizing. And I really hope we get a Moon Knight season two. Um, we shall see. Or at, at least I feel feel fairly confident we will see Moon Knight again in the MCU. So I'm very satisfied and I'm looking forward to more. Yeah, I, I think for me, I think acting against yourself and embodying different characters and having to make them complete like completely separate like these are two polar opposite identities in every way shape or form the way they talk the way they walk the way they like enter into situations um and i think his ability to completely jump from one to another is like that that for me is the test of an actor like, how quickly and how seamlessly can you change the entire persona that you're playing? And I think that that was one of the really beautiful things about it. And as much as I love Mark, I think Stephen Grant's my favorite because there is this endearing quality. Like, Mark is, like, that grizzled, charismatic, like, bad boy that you automatically know is great. And then you have Stephen Grant, who is this soft cuddly vulnerable guy who like really just wants to be normal um and really just wants to feel okay he wants to have a love life he wants to just live without having to chain himself to a bed which is not a rad red flag by the way uh that was <laughs> the biggest mistake of the season uh <laughs> but I, I think that that was what was beautiful is he was able to essentially give two completely different things and really make you buy into it 
Um, I, I, at least from reading uh, or hearing how people have talked about it, like they were bought in as much to Steven as they were to Mark, which I think is something that is kind of iffy when you're doing a story like this, right? Um, when we look at how we round out the cast, though, there are two other folks we have to talk about, which is, uh, and I, we'll start with Layla, because I know Suar is super excited <laughs> to talk about Layla. Uh, so Layla yes. is, to be honest, she's, she's Evie. Like, it, it, like, that, like, that, like, there's so much of, like, the mummy, like, in here that it makes me so happy because I think that like the way that they establish like the tropes and bond between those two people in that movie is really what I look for as like a standard for like showing both a male and female character in an action adventure like done well. Um, so tell us a little bit about about Layla Suara. <laughs> oh my god when I first heard that May Kalamawi uh, who is Egyptian and Palestinian, was cast. I was over the moon. She's amazing in Rami on Hulu. Everyone should watch it. She's fantastic. <clears throat> as Layla, as this Egyptian, this Arab woman um, who just takes care of business and has her own vulnerabilities and heart and fearlessness, I have... And the only other example I can think of in superhero media is Zari Tarazi on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which just got canceled, RIP. Um, but still, like, of a uh, Swana woman who has, like, all these deep complexities and is able to be part, an active part of this adventure, not just in the background and not just part of some Orientalist backdrop, but a fully fleshed out character who cares deeply for Mark and Steven, but also has her own ambitions, her own goals, and is willing to go out to save her people, Egyptians, as well as like the earth as much as she can. And she's wonderful. I love this character so much. And I love that it was essentially an original creation for the show. She does fill the same role as, I believe her name is, Maureen in the comics, um, this blonde white woman, but they decided to make her Egyptian in the show, uh, named Leila Al-Folli. And yeah, I just think what Jeremy Slater wrote and the other writers wrote for her and what Mohamed Diab uh, like casted uh, May with her and May's performance with it, it all just came together so beautifully into this amazing new character in the MCU that I desperately want more of. I love what we got in this first season, but I want Leila Al-Folli um, to be the first of many like Swana superhero or heroes slash uh, allies slash main characters in this sort of media. Like you were describing, Kate, the sort of Evie type who is on this action adventure, who is equal to the guys. And I just want so much more of that. And for Marvel for the MCU to have like created this standout character fills me with so much joy. And I know other Swana people and Swana fans feel the same. And I'm just, I'm so happy. So that, that's what I have to contribute. Um, I will say my words are just genuinely like she is like Evie 2.0 in like the best ways. Like I mean that in every single possible thing for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I love her to death, but 
I want to move it to Erin to answer this because I feel like me, I, I have nothing other to say than I love her and <laughs> she's dope and great and everything. So Erin, how do you feel? I was a big, big fan of her. Um, and again, you know, having read some of the comics, uh, I was aware of the uh, the female role uh, that plays alongside Moon Knight there. And she always kind of felt a bit like flat and a bit two-dimensional. So when they introduced Layla into this, like, she's just so much more and she's heavily a part of the story and she's intelligent and she's physical and she holds her own and she's she she's there like you know what i mean she gets so much more depth added to her and i was like good you know like it can't just be one character holding up the entire series yeah. and it, it i loved how she interacted you know with the mark like she the way she approaches the character of steven versus Mark, like you can also almost see her treating them as two separate people, like yeah. how she holds herself or the, the intonation in her voice, like she's a little bit more patient and gentler with Steven versus she's a little bit more short and, you know, care with Mark because yeah. there's history there um, but she she was able to convey like such emotion in some of those scenes and it's hard to do that sometimes again, like she obviously hadn't got as much screen time as, you know, um, as Mark and Stephen. But when she's there, she grabs a hold of your attention. She really, like, makes her presence known. Uh, and it was just exciting to see. And obviously, as the story goes on, she only gets better and better. Um, I think uh, episode four, later in that series, where they, they kind of have that mummy vibe going on was she the fear that she can ah oh, it, was, it was phenomenal i am such a big fan i've not seen her in anything before but i would happily watch her in a lot more now like knowing what she can bring to the table yeah and i think you gotta watch rami it's so good <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i think to kind of round out our characters really we have to talk about ethan hawk which i don't have too much to say other than that like Man, I just love Ethan Hawke just taking on, like, give me the weird genre thing and I'll do it. Because, like, him as cult leader is very believable and really creepy. And I think that there's a subtlety that a lot, like, there's a subtlety that's almost ominous. Just he's like this kind of omnipresent piece of the story versus yeah. necessarily like 1v1 type villain hero dynamic that I really appreciate kind of breaking form from how we usually see stuff either in Marvel shows or movies. So I thought that that was nice. Um, what about you, Aaron? Uh, no, I have to agree. Um, I love that like he sounds dangerous, but he's so softly spoken. It's almost like every word is like a threat or a promise. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like, he just he is powerful with, like you said, like having to like go through and smash through walls and be so physical. Like, and I feel like we've been missing that element from the MCU, like more of like an intelligence, like a power behind it that doesn't rely on just, you know, violence and fighting and stuff like that. And can, having armies, like, I mean, obviously he, he does have his own little army, but like he uses, um, He's, he's so convicted in getting everyone onto his side and the way, he, you know, he convinces people over as far as his, his message and his mission. And yeah. again, that, that whole cult that he builds yeah. behind it. It's a manipulation mm -hmm. through an idea yeah. versus like physical threat. Absolutely. And Aaron, I especially love like how he was able to do that with Steven and with Mark, like that yeah. psychological yeah. manipulation and, 
just exploiting him and calling out like, hey, you know, the slight spoilers, but you're being taken advantage of by Conju. Do you really want this? And sort of- And that was such like, a good scene as well, because like he, mm-hmm. he almost forecasts and predicts as Conju's talking and he, he's, he's so believable. He's almost too compelling as a villain to really, yeah. like he kind of walks that line up until like, you know, Steven's- He thinks he's doing of, good, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that like what that touches on specifically like those elements in the early episodes of the show can kind of transition us into the next point is like like a couple of things that we thought the show did well and I think for me what I think it did really well was showcasing Steven not really seeing himself like he wants a normal life and he wants to be different but he doesn't think that he's broken and I think that there was like this real that's my favorite line that I keep holding on to is I'm not broken I just need a little bit of help and that's kind of like the focus of the series right it's not about getting rid of Steven or getting rid of Mark it is like that's what it kind of starts out as but it's about accepting the two halves of the whole and understanding how you can move forward through that and processing it and ultimately like i did not know oscar isaac only signed on for one season which makes me really worried because places that you can go after this now that you have two working in unison is something that we really get that established moon knight element really um so that was something for me that i thought the show did really well um that i that i would like want people to watch it for uh suara what about you um, I just want to say I totally agree on that. Uh, again, we'll get into it in spoilers, but I desperately want a season two. I think it's popular enough that it will, fingers crossed, but we shall see. Um, the question was about what generally it did well. Yes, yeah. Yes, so I think that, well, I mean, the number one thing I have to say is that, now, respectfully, don't get me wrong, I grew up loving The Mummy, The Mummy 2, that was my childhood, but we can also admit that these were films made through a lens of Orientalism, of like portraying the Middle East as this very exotic, yellow filtered place that is like dangerous and super magical. And like, it, you know, but th- what Mohammed Diab brought to the table, along with other Egyptians he had on the creative team, is that you can still have that. You can still have the fun, thrilling aspect of it, but you can still make Egypt and other countries in the Swana region a grounded place, a real place. We got to see Cairo vibrant with color and people and the bazaar and no yellow filter. What 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 is that? Like with just regular colors, that's great. <laughs> um, it's just like, that. that's what really impressed me of like having this, again, this thrilling, magical adventure but not exoticizing the place that they're in just making it feel grounded and through the character of Layla through the presentation of Egypt and honestly the presentation of the Egyptian gods themselves like the Egyptian gods felt like real people I thought this is great I love this uh especially as an Egyptology fan like I love Egyptology I think it's personally cooler that well I know Greek mythology has more variety, but I love the pantheon of uh, Egyptian mythology more and like Ra, Osiris, Isis, like uh, the other Hador, Horus, like I can go on and on about that. (laughs) Um, I thought that was incorporated really well. I think that I I love the general vibes of this season. I think that it gave a good um, sort of creepy, psychedelic that's especially what I love the psychedelic aspect of it of like the uh, psychological aspect with Mark and Steven. And again, like 
keeping it both grounded and weird. A really great balance of that. Um, I will say though, I think that in terms of structure, I think it could have maybe been a bit better. We've discussed this before. Maybe it could have benefited as a movie or a longer series. I personally wish it was a longer series. I wish we had like more time to expound on all of these characters and themes. But so, so I will say that um, I think the parts overall were better for me than maybe the whole, if that makes sense. Um, but overall, I still really loved it and we'll definitely watch it again. Yeah. You earn? Well, Suarez left me with nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I would say, I mean, um, just the cast is is phenomenal. I just love the cast. I mean, it, we haven't touched much on it, but uh, F. Uh, Murray Abraham as Ponchu, yeah. phenomenal. I mean, I've got such a soft spot in my heart for him because of Mythic Quest. Um, yeah. And when I found out he was Ponchu, I was like, no way. Um, so I was really excited because I thought as Conchu he did really well, but I mean that kind of expands onto that. Like I love the whole mythology behind this. Like it was just it was done in a way that I've kind of been yearning for when I, I've watched some of this stuff before. It's really good. Like again, love the Mummy. Like grew up on it. Fantastic movie. Um, and I, I've always liked seeing stuff like that. Stargate, another one. Like goes into you know you know um, all that mythology, and I love it. So. I thought that was fantastically done. And again, the cast, I mean, Oscar Isaac, I, I, for me, I guess if I had to pick a number one thing, it would just have to be Oscar. I mean, his performance in this was just yeah. absolutely just phenomenal. It was a tour de I just, force. I just, I enjoyed it so much. So, so much. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree um, with everything both of y'all have said. And I think as we move into towards, I think one of the things that I, this, I'm going to, I'm going to start with what I liked, but also how that thing could have been improved. So I really loved the blending of genre and in the junket for Moon Knight, Muhammad Dia, Dia really focused, like really highlighted how he played in every genre sandbox that he could. There are elements of horror. There are elements of the, yeah. of the treasure hunting action adventure, which is at has a huge soft spot in my heart. Um, there's drama, there's thrill. It, it's a thriller. Like, all of those pieces the comedy fit, the comedy like it all fits <laughs> seamlessly because you're yeah. using real yeah. characters to propel the story but to suara's point i do think that the pacing for the show and the short episode order at only six episodes kind of hurts that flow almost because i think one of the things yeah. that moon knight has is that it is such a dense series with mythology and drama and everything that you yeah. don't really get to see things have its own spotlight in a way like you're so quickly moving from one thing to another that you kind of lose the through line a little bit and that's something that i mean three four more episodes like that could have helped a lot or if you cut it cut out some of the exposition and make it a feature film boom you got it like that's something that we that, that could have helped that quite a bit um, because I do think they sacrifice some of the more physical elements of it to tell more drama-driven story. But drama needs time to breathe, man. Like, you got to let it kind of flow out. Um, I don't know how I know. It's balance. Yeah, it's, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to look for that balance, yeah. And it was definitely missing in parts. Um, yeah, it's because so, I did love the exposition, but you're right. Like, it, it's kind of one after the other and boom, boom, boom. Uh, and there's the you really only follow in between, you know, Arthur Harrow, Layla, and, you know, Mark slash Stephen. So you're really centralized in your story. There's not many other places to go. 
So, I mean, I'm always going to lean towards, I love long form. So like seeing like a couple more episodes to kind of let it breathe. And I would have loved to see more from that pantheon of gods as well. Like yeah. maybe a bit more action and, you know, like doing something there and other avatars and things like that, like expanding that world. Um, Cause that's one element I actually really liked in the fact that it was not as connected to the MCU as other things are. And it was yeah. its own, centralized thing it could just really focus on absolutely mark's world i i love that just let characters in this universe do their own thing not everything yeah. needs to be connected yeah. something can stand it almost alone feels, as a story yeah. and okay yeah sorry I was, just, I was gonna say they, it sometimes feels like it's like they're hindered like it has to be it can only be successful if it's supported by another property i i don't think that always needs to be the case yeah just tell a good story yeah. yeah, you know that's all we need, and I, that's the thing I loved about this season is that there was almost no reference to the wider MCU. That was yeah. great. It, uh, it, it, I will. Oh, yeah, go sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say to that point, <laughs> that's what took me out of Eternals a lot. Was all of a sudden mm-hmm. Iron Man we get name dropped? I was like, oh, I was actually really vibing with this movie, <laughs> and then you just reminded me that MCU that it's MCU and this feels a little forced. I don't like it. Um, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> But something else you talked about, Kate, how the focus on the drama-filled uh, story kind of like took away a bit from the action, and I had to absolutely agree with that. I wish that I wish that there was more action in this series. I mean, don't get me wrong; like, I love the drama, like primarily. That's what I wanted in a good story. But I, I'm just gonna say it: like we were. I mean, Kevin Feige says a lot of things that don't come to fruition, so we should just not like listen to him generally. Yes. Um, he's, he, yeah, he said that like this would be the like we're not pulling any punches. It's going to be super violent or stuff like that, and it was like kind of normal MCU action. I think there were like a few stabbings here in the background and stuff, and you know some things happen off screen that were only implied. And uh, this was like no daredevil. I will say that. <laughs> And as we close out our non-spoiler review, uh, what are your final thoughts on Moon Knight? Would you recommend somebody watch it? And uh, yeah, we'll start with Suara. Uh, I will absolutely recommend people watch this series and understand that this is this is actually something new for the MCU. Finally, something bold, something with a very clear vision that is not connected to anything else. It's a refreshing breath of fresh air, and you will find yourself very compelled by all the performances in this really great series. So, yeah, go watch Moon Knight. Aaron? Again, Suarez taking all my good points, man. <laughs> killing me tonight. I'll make sure um, to go with you first in the next half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I would agree. I, I mean, I, I'd absolutely recommend it. It's so fun. And again, I just like the fact that it's its own little thing. It doesn't come with all the baggage of the MCU. You can jump, a new fan can jump into this without feeling completely left behind, without watching 25 films and six shows or however many we're into now. And they can just enjoy it for what it is. And I really like that. And again, it was just a really well-told story, some, you know, great exposition and some good action. I wish there was a little bit more, but I I think it still works, you know, by itself and its own separate. And I hope we get a little bit more of that moving forward where it doesn't always need to kind of be jammed or shoehorned in, you know, with these, you know, mentions every now and again. But yeah, no, I absolutely recommend it. I loved it. And I mean, Oscar Isaac, man. (laughs) 
Daddy. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> like. That's not my final word. Oscar Isaac. Gone. <laughs> Finished. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think people should watch it. I think one of the exciting things about it, especially, um, y'all can check my review for uh, Multiverse of Madness on the site, but my biggest thing with that is, like, gone are the days where you can just jump into something. Like, you're forced to know, like, an entire series beforehand. And what Moon Knight is, is it's something just fresh. It's something new. It's mostly self-contained. Uh, well, it's self-contained right now. You can see where it can connect other places, but like you can jump into this with nothing. And I think that that really helps. And I think that that makes it exciting, kind of like you said, Suara, it's something fresh and new and kind of bold in that direction of just doing its own thing. That whether it may be hit or miss for you if you're going and expecting like a whole bunch of Moon Knight, like messing up goons, like you're not going to get that so much, but you will get a different story that doesn't necessitate knowing the whole MCU. So I think it's, it's yes, watch it. Um, so as we transition out, for those of you watching, we do have a YouTube channel. This part is going to go on that YouTube channel. Uh, so we're going to do a quick little check-in. Suara, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you if they want to see more of your writing and podcasting. So y'all can follow me on Twitter at Spider Swars. I am a writer for the Nerds of Color. I do interviews and sometimes reviews. I reviewed Moon Knight for the Nerds of Color, so check that out. And uh, I am a podcaster. I do two podcasts, one of which is on the But Why Though Podcast Network. It is Into the Spidercast, where CJ and I talk about all things uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. So we could try to cover it all. And I'm also a co-host on the Nerds of Color Network for the Middle Geeks. We are two Swana fans who discuss everything and anything from a uh, Mina slash Swana critical lens. And y'all should check us out there. Aaron? I was to say, Suarez done this before, man. That rolled off the tongue so well, man. <laughs> uh, well, you can find all my uh, writing, Apple Bido. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and and, and Instagram at British CPA. Um, and then I also did a, a bit of, little bit of freelance work for uh, Nerds New Social. So I, I write for them every now and again. Um, but yeah, that's everything I do. And I want to be on this more. So hopefully I'll be doing more videos on here as well. Same. I want to do more of this. Yes. <laughs> Please. Uh, and y'all can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter and stuff. Um, I am there yelling about a lot of things. Oh, if Oscar Isaac's in something, it's usually him. 